0: The dictionary says that the word volunteer means willing to offer, to do a task or a service, to make a contribution of time, of effort, of talent to some kind of need, cause or mission without receiving financial gain. You can volunteer at will with no requirements or obligations. After all, you're a volunteer, they're lucky to have you. If you turn up, they're grateful that you did It sounds very noble, we can offer our spare time, we do it when it suits us, kind of like a hobby, and you too can do a good deed uh, as your hobby. The word we looked at last week was entirely different, it comes from the old English word list, which is border, so N is in, or surrounded by, list is a border, so uh, the definition of enlist would be to put oneself into certain boundaries. To engage for duty in the armed forces. To be enlisted is a military term. It means that an individual has successfully gone through the process of training and has taken an oath of military service. Simply put, a volunteer is requested. A soldier is commanded. I didn't sing last week and I won't sing this week. Do you remember the song? I may never march in the infantry. Some of you were in the army and in the various services in South Africa, uh, even today. Uh, I may never sh- ride the cavalry. I may never shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. And that little song, that little kind of childish children's song is actually very true. I might not be in one of those obvious kind of positions of military service. But the truth is that if you're born again, we have signed up to be part of the army of the Lord. In the olden days, in the 90s, common to sing, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And sometimes we get saved, we we become part of God's family. And the picture, the, the sort of imagery we have in our minds of the part that we play, or how do I follow Jesus is very different to signing up, to enlisting in service of the captain of the hosts. Now you say, Craig, oh, because this is, I mean, if I preach this the whole year, we would be in danger of, you know, ignoring some truths for only some truths. But my point is that very often we leave this truth out. We talk about the church is the body of Christ. Amen. It's so, you know, break bread, we understand the body. The church is the bride of Christ. The guys have a bit of a problem with that. All the girls thinking of, of white dresses. We, you know, we think of the church as the, the temple of God. And we think, okay, bricks in the wall, living stones, we get that. But when it comes to the army of God, sometimes it's a little confusing, especially for those of us who have never been to the army uh, for, for, mil- for military service. And we think that we pick Jesus and we grace him with our prayers and our worship and possibly our money and our witness. Actually, he's the one who picks us. We think we did him a favor by coming to him, but actually he did the ultimate sacrifice by dying so that we could live. And so I want to challenge this idea that we conduct our Christian lives as volunteers offering service at our discretion versus enlisted soldiers under orders serving a captain of the host. I don't know what your plans for for Easter are. If you're around, we've got all sorts of outreaches and movies and stuff planned. But Easter often is a long weekend that we can get away. You know, it's a good time to have a holiday. Imagine if Jesus said, you know, God the Father sends Jesus to the earth. And he says, ah, you know that Easter weekend? And Jesus says, ah, oh, sorry, you know, I, I booked Timeshare that weekend. We're going to bella bella. We're going to go down the slides, wherever. going to Margaret on the beach. Silly example, but do you understand my point? I'd like to ask you, could you point to one advance Just one new way, or one clear commitment that you made in 2022, that you've made and kept—it's becoming—it's become part of kind of the way you do life. Just think quickly: Did I hear the command of the Lord? Did I obey? And have I kept it going? But very quiet. Yeah, maybe some of us, you know, got it right for a long time, but in the end of the year, hecticness we kind of failed, now we feel so bad. Man, you know what, if you did it one more time than twenty twenty one, you've won. Yeah? We all think perfection, yeah, yeah, it's good to be good to get it right. But man, if you just do it a little bit more, you're on the right track. The beauty of baptism is that it's a declaration of whose you are. It's a visible identification of belonging to Jesus. We talk about putting on your uniform. And so baptism is just like soldier ship. It's like, man, I'm I'm dressed in my military attire. If you look at me, you know, because of the shapes of the camouflage, you know which country I come from, which theater I serve in. This is where I am. You look at my uniform, you'll see which um, part of the army I fit into, etc., etc. Makes sense. Have I made the point? Okay. All right. Let's read scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. We read it last week. we we'll read it again today. It says, you then, my son, be strong, that is, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So you see where I'm going? I'm not trying to overemphasize, but Paul uses this example. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. I don't have the time to focus on that. Sorry, uh, Julie, do you mind us going back? Um, well done. I uh, don't have time to focus on this morning, but this verse 4 is so burning in my heart. It's so easy for us to get entangled in civilian affairs. Don't you agree? Dudley Daniel wrote a book about fighting, choosing the battles that we fight. And too many of us are ready to fly off the handle and fight every battle under the sun and miss the ones that we really must fight. You, You with me? I mean, life is a pressure cooker, isn't it? And it's a pressure cooker primarily because there's so many possible entanglements that we can get entangled by. The Wache Biggie Bosa, they wait for us everywhere. Hey? Those thorny bushes, they... and remember we're told to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. eh? Hey? So no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Why? Because they're, they're not civilians. And this is the point. Paul's making, he says, you're a soldier, therefore what are you doing with civilian matters? There is only one color that you dress in, and that's whatever you're in South Africa, army brown. You don't need to just wonder, you know, does it go with my eyes? Those are for civilians to worry about. Don't worry, you know, what shoe polish should I buy, it's obvious, it's very clear when you have very few choices. I mean, I've always been, been surprised. Steve Jobs, Apple guy, remember? Did you ever expect him to wear anything else than than running shoes, jeans, and a black turtleneck? Hey, he had one less or a whole bunch less decisions to make in the morning. Yeah? You see, when I'm a soldier, there's many things I don't have to think about. I don't have to think about, you know... Anyway, you're with me. I can keep on going, but are you with me? All right, so here we go. First 5, please, Julie. Thank you. Rather, he tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Mm, can't you just bend the rules for me? Because you see, I'm special. Verse 6, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Paul gives... Timothy, these three examples. He says, there is a soldier who wants to please his commander. There is an athlete who complies with the rules of the game. And there is a farmer that works hard. Our second scripture this morning is 2 Corinthians 9 verse 24. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. I love the imagery that God's put on Richard's heart. The thing of marching around Jericho. I don't know about you, but when you get to day seven, then you have to do it seven times. I'm like, oh Lord, really? <laughs> you know, couldn't we start with seven times on the first day when we're still like got lots of energy and then, you know, gradually decrease. And then we must shout when we're tired. But I love this. It says, y- you're in the race. You all run the same picture of going around Jericho. You all run. Only one gets the prize, but he says, run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. Anyone got a parkrun medal? Who's got a parkrun medal? If I come to your house, will I see it hanging on the mantelpiece? No? Where will I find it? Maybe in the junk drawer with the pliers and the cello tape? Yeah? What about those medals that you won for, I don't know, gymnastics or hockey or whatever it was, back in school? <laughs> Hey, tiddly Winks, whatever it was. Remember those medals? You still got them? Hanging next to your bed so that every morning you can look at them and go, oh, I'm such a good person? Hey, he says, yeah, everyone that completes goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. No one cares if you were the, I don't know, the, you won first gold, gold medal for sack race in grade three. You know, good for you, nice try, but, uh, actually, He says, but we do it for it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a, like someone running aimlessly. And don't just run where I want to run. I run where I'm told to run. See the language over and over again. Don't get to choose. I'm running in the Olympics hundred meters. I don't say, okay, I'm going to go left over here. It's like DQ, disqualified. You ran off the race. Don't get to choose. 27, no, I strike my blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Paul's challenge, if such discipline at best could yield a crown that will not last, how much more worthy of discipline is the crown that will last forever? I wonder if we put the same mindset into serving Jesus, the commander, as we do the park run on Saturday, my gym in the week, my I don't know, my eating habits, my whatever it is, whatever your thing is. We put so much investment of ourselves into those things, don't we? And you know what? It's varl good, it's just earthly stuff. Moth and rust, it's a friend of mine used to say it's all gonna burn. Yeah? And man, it's so precious to us, isn't it? You know, you touch me on wherever it is, and man, you don't take that thing. Hey, we've got these little pressure buttons all over. (laughs) You know? We're dog people. You know, your animals, your interests, your... Who knows? We put so much effort in, and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Just saying, the amount of effort we put into those things that will not last. Man, if we put the same into that which would last forever, it would be amazing. So Philip kindly uh, lent me this book by uh, Paul Chase, The Soldier, The Athlete, and The Farmer, and it's been such a challenge this week. And uh, so we're going to have a look again just at these three, Soldier, Athlete, Farmer, and then hopefully I'll leave us with some challenges this morning. So first of all, I'm enlisted. I'm enlisted as a soldier. The soldier, we're doing the purpose series. A soldier has purpose, right? Sometimes they're wondering, (laughs) you know, what am I doing this for? But a soldier has purpose. And a soldier understands certain things that maybe other people don't understand. The first one is they understand authority. I love in, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, do you remember the story of the faithful centurion? Are we? I tell you, since we moved here, that passage has made new difference to me. Hey? He said, my daughter's sick. Jesus, will you, will you just say the word? Jesus says, I'm coming. He says, no, 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 you don't have to come to my house. Just give a command. Just say the word and it will ha- happen. And Jesus says, wow, this man has great faith. I haven't seen this faith anywhere else in this nation. Why? It, it wasn't that he was, you know, oh, Lord, I've got to have faith, 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 George Michael. No, he wasn't like, you know, I'm I'm going to, man, I'll say it three times and it's going to happen. He wasn't hocus-pocus faith. It was, you just said it, therefore it has to happen. is that amazing? I don't know about you, but I go through times, oh, Jesus, I'm facing a, a, a cliff, um, you know, whatever your Jericho might be, and I'm praying through the night, Lord, Lord, Jesus, have you noticed? Man, if we could just be like the centurion. you say Jesus, you say the word, it's done. And take it to the bank. Handshake agreement. These days, oh, you don't go there, right? Eh? Just say the word. The soldier understands authority. He gets a command, it's yes. He understands obedience. Uh, uh, Our obedience to the Spirit is often based on convenience rather than commitment. I heard of a church... The other day who fasted and then they broke their fast with the 6 a.m. prayer walk. I wonder how many people in that church went to the 6 a.m. prayer walk. Probably not convenient. You know when you're busy with that thing and you're hitting crisis deadlines and all of that and Jesus says, don't you just want to pray quickly for so and so? Just All of a sudden, out the blue, someone gets laid on your heart. Can I just suggest that if it's to pray for that person, it's probably not the devil telling you. We'll say, oh Jesus, will you speak to me? God doesn't speak to me. And then when he does, we go, ah, I can't be God. Hey, And often, friends, our obedience is built around convenience rather than conviction. Just think it through. I'm not putting stuff on you. I'm asking all of us to think this stuff through. Well, you see, I get home late. I can't make the prayer meeting. Well, you see, da-da-da, I can't X, Y, Z when the Lord puts his finger on my heart. We treat them like suggestions versus commands. Imagine God the Father. For God so loved the world that he suggested to his son Jesus that he might consider coming to earth. I mean, like, let's just think this through. I'm hoping, I'm, honestly friends, I'm not fighting you. I'm fighting with us to, to make a mind shift that we would, that the result would be that I, I respond to Jesus differently, to the Father differently. You know that disobedience dulls our ability to hear God. Obedience sharpens our ears. He understands discipline, the soldier. He understands discipline. You see, a soldier's answer is always yes, sir. (laughs) Yeah? Those of you that know a thing or two about authority, it's always yes, sir. Right? It's never no. It's never, I'll check my schedule. Maybe later. It's never, what, why? No, I've got a better idea. Imagine that. I'm telling a commander, now I think you're the CEO of your company phones you up and says, do this now or you're losing your job. And you go, actually, I'd just like to make a suggestion, please. <clears throat> soldier understands camaraderie. There's no soldier acting alone. You, you work in a squad. Increasing sizes, battalion, all the way up to a, a, a battle group. No soldier walks alone. And then you dress for battle every day. Put on the full armor of God. Paul says in Ephesians 4 verse 1, As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. You see, if a, if a, my brother was on the Angolan border for nine months straight. Some of you served for extended periods of time as well. When you're on... The battle line. There's no day you wake up and you think, you know what, I'm going to go fishing today. There's no day you wake up that you don't put your boots on. In fact, you probably slept with them on. You don't have your rifle. You're ready for battle 24-7. I think men and women that have done that and still do that for our country and other countries pay a huge price. My point is this. As Christians, we feel like we can pick and choose. Today I'm putting my baggies on and I'm going to the beach tomorrow man maybe i'll do some exercise you know i'll do the i'll do the whatever run with the troops and then i'll carry on with the rest of my day the arm the, the soldier dresses for battle every day you take a day off you put your friends and your life at risk i'm not trying to overstate i'm just saying friends wake up in the morning we got to be ready for battle okay let's talk about the athlete quick An athlete understands commitment. I've asked this question already, but are we willing to put the same commitment to following Jesus as we do to med- to win medals that get forgotten in a drawer or a box? Or you know, you go to Irene Homes or any secondhand shop or any kind of goodwill um, um, shop, you can find as many medals as you want, hey? Okay? Fani and Melissa made us do a fun run last year for the first time. I think we'll do another one this year. And they had so many medals because they've run all these races all over the world. They were handing them out. Everyone's like, yo, this fun run was worth it because I got a medal. Look. Hey, I wonder, Fani, if you had to ask those people you gave the medals. Like, where are those medals? <laughs> hey. Friends, you know what effort we put in for a medal that actually, one that will last forever way better, Hey. Our degree of spiritual authority is revealed by the degree of authority we exercise over ourselves. You see, because the athlete doesn't always have the coach shouting in his ear or her ear. you got to run yourself. you got to, yeah? You want to know how much spiritual authority you have in the kingdom of God? How much authority are you exercising over yourself? The way we speak, the way we think, the way we act. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Not a spectator sport. I get that. I'm hoping that as much as you're sitting looking at me, I'm hoping we've done this together this morning. That's why it's so important. We we allow people to share. But I hope it's not just the only contribution happens over the microphone. I hope you've gone to someone and said, Hey, aren't you looking good this morning? Hey, I've been praying for you this week. There must be some kind of a, yeah? Christianity is not a spectator sport. One of those... Lovely passages, Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that entangles. You see that same concept again? And run with perseverance the race marked out for us, not the race that we chose, friends. Not the one that we picked. Not the race that I thought I suited me. The race marked out for us. And let us consider Jesus, yes? You know those guys on the grandstands at the cloud of witnesses, it's the Olympic Games imagery. But you know the guys on the, grand, on the grandstands, they didn't buy a ticket to get there. It's not Loftus and you've... I wrestled this all week and I better not go there. when you look at the guys on the field and you look at the people in the grandstands, they look different, don't they, mostly? Ah, I'll stand on too many toes if I explain why. Yeah? Most of our exercise is shouting at the TV for the guys that exercise every day to be on the TV. Hey? You know those witnesses on the grandstands, that the, the cloud of spectators? They're not there because they bought a ticket. They're there because they competed in the games themselves. They've done it. They've got the T-shirt. They understand, and that's why they're sitting on the grandstands charging the guy to continue. Let me finish quick with the farmer. See the farmer <laughs> the farmer understands seasons and timing. This is amazing. I've never thought of it like this. I always thought it says the hard working farmer gets the harvest. But you know the farmer understands seasons. It'll be a poor farmer that sows in winter, right? Sows season he understands. Okay, it's it's getting colder now, i stop you, you with me? And often half of us are doing the wrong thing at the right, at the wrong time. And so we can take an example from this guy. He knows when to sow, he knows to, when to reap. Just like the farmer, our decisions determine our harvest. Our decisions determine our harvest. If the farmer decides when it's we're sowing season, I'm going to sleep in a few days in a row, and I'm not going to get to the sowing, it's going to determine the harvest, right? Farmer understands that pruning brings fruits. He understands pruning. Um, this guy, uh, what's his name? Paul Chase speaks about four branches that the that the farmer needs to prune. He prunes number one the dead branches, and the dead branches can be uh, those things that just add weight. They're lifeless. They just weigh us down. They're possibly the result of pruning that didn't happen in the previous season. Maybe they're the lifeless remains of last season. They just they're, they're there. That we call them dead wood, don't we? You understand. The second kind of branch that needs to be pruned is called sucker branches. And sucker branches are new growth on the old branches. It's very interesting. So some, the old branch speaks of that which actually I should have given up. It, it's past its time. But now there's a little spark of new life. Haven't you found yourself on this? You know that man, uh, Tyron Daniel always says, when the horse is dead, for goodness sakes, dismount. <laughs> hey. And we know that you've got some dead horses in your life. Me too. And then there's like, I don't know, you know, there's this one last kind of shake of life. And you think, oh, wait, we can still do it some more. I liked it. I don't want to let go of that horse. Let's keep going. In the last season, this was my favorite pursuit. Yeah, and so these sucker branches, they, they've got big leaves. They, they look good. They're larger than the other branches. They love the sunlight. Oh, they love to make a show. But you know what? They don't have any fruit and they suck from the plant. They hinder the growth of the main plant. They hinder the sweetness of the fruit. Hey? Prince, when something is over, let it be over. And often at the last minute, there's this like, <laughs> this last sort of, and you kind of think, oh, maybe we keep going here. Time to cut that sucker branch. The next one is interfering branches. Those that grow in the wrong direction. It's like they don't listen to the farmer's pruning. They're willful, they they want to do their own thing instead of going towards with the the vine. And then finally you get the good branches, you understand that, right? What's the purpose of a farmer's pruning? Because he wants to hurt the vine or the tree or the branch? No, he wants more fruit. And so often people, Christians say, oh, I'm just in a pruning season, it's so terrible. Actually, just, I'm in a pruning season, there's going to be more fruit, we're all concerned about the Einar of the cut when we should be thinking of the joy of the harvest. Every farmer, everything a farmer does is to increase their harvest. Everything. John Wesley said, We should not increase our standard of living without increasing our standard of giving. The fruit is not for the tree, the fruit is for others. And what do seeds do? Well, they make more plants, but seeds produce seeds. When I get an increased harvest, I shouldn't be just thinking, man, now I can eat more harvest. I should be thinking, how do I sow so that in next season my harvest increases? All right, so taking all of that last week and this week, Grace Cove, if you're a member of Grace Cove, man, I want to speak to us on behalf of the elders clearly this morning. And if you're a visitor, man, this is for you too because you can apply this as well. But if we're enlisted, I want to invite you to be invested as well. We ask ourselves the question, why is Grace Cove here? Why is it here? So we can drink tea and talk together? Hopefully we've got bigger fish to fry. We're here to reach our city, to plant churches, to disciple nations. We've spoken about space, place, and base. Space, room for everyone. Place, you find your spot where you fit. And then base where I can help others and we can make a difference and so on and so on. Mm. Last year, Richard Preston visited with his wife Zelda and they, they preached and he said, Man, Grace Cove is like the best kept secret in town. It's worried me all year. He was encouraging us, saying, man, this is such a good thing. you you, you got to get let people know about it. Very complimentary about you guys and how this church is, is going. But I don't know about you, friends. The secret has to be out. The secret has to be out. It's high time. 2023, I want to get the secret out. So I want to say to us as a church, in this season, as much as last year was wineskin, it was advanced and it was clear. This year, there's three things that we want to um, give ourselves to. Number one, we want to go from health to reach. Health to reach. Can you make some muscles? Can you just go like this? Can you go like this? Everyone's looking at me like, yes, we can. Do I need to talk about the commander again? Or was this not a suggestion? (laughs) You see, some of you... (laughs) Some of you have arms longer than me, right? Then when we box, I've got to be careful. Short arms like me, I've got to duck and dive a little bit more. Yeah, We want to go from health to reach. We want to be disciples who make disciples, who serve as we grow, who have measurable fruit. You see, very often it can be about self-improvement. The health part. Oh, I just want to get healthier. I just want to know more about Jesus. I want to serve him better. All good things. But those are not the focus. They're not the the, the, the the prize we're trying to achieve. No athlete for no athlete is the goal of training training. The goal of training is winning the prize. For no soldier is the goal of fighting. He wants to survive, right? And the farmer, he wants Fruit, and it's tempting for us to say, Oh, I'm just gonna, you know, be a better me. We want to say we go from health to reach. I'm not saying we must be unhealthy, but man, health comes as we stretch our arms out. Yeah, now yeah, the, 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 um, what do you call that thing? Blast by our pool, the dragonfly. When that new test to come out, the way it gets its wings strong doesn't just sit there and say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to practice my wings. No, it starts to, it flaps them, puts them in the sun and flies. That's how they get strong. And I think you and I particularly need to reach out more and watch health come, number one. Number two, from gather to grow. You see, gathering can be all about, again, us, oh, sing some nice songs, Tebs, today. Oh, I hope you're singing the song, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I like. And it's just a lovely blessing club. And that's one of the benefits of being part of a family, isn't it? It's lekker to get together with your brothers and sisters. Yeah. Even Christmas time, it's nice. It's not for too long. But it's nice to get to, together with a family, isn't it? You know, you know what to expect to eat and you know the jokes everyone's going to tell. It's nice. But an end in itself. No, we want to gather so that we can go. And then from blessing to base. From blessing to base. From attending these meetings so that we can be blessed. To inviting somebody else to this meeting so that they can be blessed. Changes the way we come to church if we think, Am I coming or not? Or is the guy invited coming or not? It will change your Christianity. It will change the way you serve Jesus. Hmm. Living life with a purpose for others' benefit. We say we want to uh, know Jesus and make him known. Yes? We say we want to make, know Jesus, make him known. The problem for too many of us is we get stuck in the knowing Jesus part. Oh, Jesus, I just want to know you. So wonderful. It's so lovely. We've got to do both then because it's as we make him known that we actually know Jesus more. It's in the doing that we suddenly realize, oh, you know that theory? <laughs> what they taught me at varsity, now I understand how it actually works. Not just theory, but practice. Okay, let me finish with three challenges so i'm invested let's do three things this year i've run out of time so i'm going to be quick you can give us a last slide there we go three things three things how about this year you commit to do just three things number one each one serve in one area that's what we've got onboarding at 11 for. how about just finding one area that you can serve if you're part of the family number two to give one of the things that entangles us is our finances. We spent much time end of last year talking Financial Peace University. But how about this year? How about this year committing to getting your financial life in order so it doesn't distract you, it doesn't entangle you from focusing on the main thing? How about this year? You give yourself to tithes and you're generous in your offerings and you remember the poor and you sow into the apostolic and you live a generous lifestyle. It's because money flows from our hearts. How about you give yourself to this family? Maybe coming to a Grace United even once in a while. Maybe this year is the year you're going to give yourself to being part of a life group or give yourself to being part of somewhere else. When we talk about, hey, we've got a fast coming up, we've got Grace United coming on Wednesday, I wonder how many of us are just automatically saying, ah, that's not me. I don't go to that thing. I'm just calling us this morning. Why don't we think it through again? Find a place to serve, find a place to give ourselves, sort our money out. And then finally, how about inviting? Could you imagine if everyone here this morning disinvited one person this whole year? This whole year. We would have a problem with this building, wouldn't we? Just one person this whole year. It sounds so ludicrous when I say it like that. But guaranteed we'll get to December if we haven't thought about it. And we won't have invited one person. We Won't even have talked about our church life or our Christianity the whole year to some stranger. Or colleague or friend. Friends, times to be enlisted. How do we be enlisted? Well, the outworking of it is serve, give, and invite. Respond to the Lord as He calls us to be less focused on ourselves and more focused on those around us and beyond us, as we heard. Can we stand together? I've tried very hard in these two sermons to um, make sure that that it's not like, oh, you know, Grace Cove leaders are putting a burden on us. It's not. I've tried very hard to point us all to the commander. I'm commanded as you are commanded. Yeah? Tried my hardest. Now I want to take a moment or two. It's still very early. I want to take a moment or two for us to have a chance to respond you know what happens? We kind of go, yeah, yeah, great, nod, nod. And then we go off and the entanglements jump on and we forget what we, yeah? Maybe just before we even pray, you just need to say, okay, Richard called us. What are those things that we are wanting the walls to come down on? What are those things? Yes? I'm asking you this morning, how is Jesus commanding you? Or are you only allowing him to give you helpful suggestions, thoughts for the day? Pleasant platitudes to keep us going. It might look different for, for all of us. Can I ask us to take a moment and say, Jesus, wherever my commitment to your command was, I want it to be more. I'm not expecting you, you know, to, if you don't go from zero to 100%, you're a failure. I'm not saying that. Imagine if we just said, Jesus, I, I just want to get it right one more time a week. Jesus, I want to just understand authority and obedience. You know, the the number of wrestles and Issues would just go away when I'm just obedient to Jesus I mean maybe you can just give some thought to okay Lord so what does that mean you know if I've decided to exercise in the mornings then I've got to think okay what time am I waking up to do that if I'm Decided to pray in the mornings, well how's that going to look? Am I going to sit on this chair? Am I going to wake up at that time? And maybe just as we're saying, Lord I'm enlisted in your army, I'm not volunteering anymore, I don't kind of jump in and out when it suits me, I just report for duty when I'm commanded. Maybe in your mind you'll think through, so what does that mean for me? I'm sure it can be many things. Three things that I've challenged this morning is, will you serve, will you give, will you invite? Maybe there's others and that's cool. Jesus, this morning we pray that we would hear you, the commander of the hosts. I pray, Jesus, that you'd put inside of us an ability to serve you on your terms, not ours. Father, help us to hear your voice and then do it. Don't want to be like the man who built his house on the sand. The person that looked in the mirror and forgot what he looked like. But Lord, we want to hear what you say and we want to do it. Jesus is a church. We've heard you all morning. Greater things yet to be done. In me, in my immediate circle, in this church, so that, Lord, the city and the cities of the world might know you, Jesus.